Greetings, good citizens of the cannabis community, and welcome to another episode of Infused, a cannabis talk show brought to you by Terrapin Select CBD. Be wise, be well. Shop TerrapinSelect.com for all of your CBD health and wellness needs. I feel like we should do the show. I think that's a great idea. It's a good way to spend our time. Let's go. Francesca and Mike are with me as always. Guys, it's good to see you. Good to be seen. It's Good to uh, see you guys. We're loving the fact that uh, we're taking some premise work when we approach shows from things and uh, questions that you two either get at trade shows or when you're doing coaching and consulting or, or, or things that people send in uh, via email. And this is a topic today that's been alluded to on past episodes from some of our guests, actually. Um, but what we are going to let Mike and Francesca do is talk today about what to look for when you're picking a dance partner on the dank, dark (laughs) dance floor that is the cannabis space. Guys, you willing to uh, give us your expertise today? I don't know if I at least personally could say we have expertise in. Um, We have experience (laughs) that I'm happy to share, but I don't know if That is well said. Yeah, I don't... Just as partnerships is a loaded word, and we're going to be covering that, expertise may be <laughs> a little loaded here. Experience, absolutely. Insights, thoughts, opinions. That's we love to give. Right. And to correct me, I, I guess, too. I'm using the wrong verbiage in that sense. I'm kidding. I'm all excited about learning because uh, as soon as you said something, Mike, I was like, yeah, it's, it's tough in this particular business. Um, partnering up with somebody, my God, everything can look great. People can have the best intentions, mm. but my God, it's, it doesn't always work out. So as far as just in a general sense, mm-hmm. um, when partnering up with, with someone in business, how do you know if it's a good idea from the get-go? I think, you know, it's kind of, it's it's, I like the question of, in terms of what are like the green flags that you see that go, wow, maybe a partnership's a great idea with this company. Because it is kind of interesting, like in the last six years of being in cannabis, how many conversations we've had with other entities or people about partnership in, in other business, it just doesn't happen that much. Yeah. Um, And so I think like certain things that you see that immediately when Francesca and I were involved in it, that kind of said, hey, let's have that conversation is that you typically do get. A, um, a vibe and a sense that you're on a parallel path with them in some ways. Like both businesses working together is a cumulative impact and it's a one plus one equals three. And if we, you know, combine our forces, it, that it's, it's good for both and that's good for everyone. And I think that was always like kind of the first scenario that at least for us prompted us to start having a, a conversations when, when people would bring it up. Because I do so, I also say this, I don't think we've ever brought it up once. Yeah, you're right. We've never been the one to ask. It's right. it's You're never first, huh? No, no. Wow. We've been asked um, plenty of times and, and been, yeah, yeah pro- because what we have does complement so many different kinds of businesses and so right. many different, because sales and, and revenue growth and operations and the things that we do and are and have actual expertise in is so pivotal to so many different kinds of companies that I right. think it's it doesn't surprise on. me that, yeah, we've been asked and, to and so, partner. And that's kind of what it is, is. And I think the way you set that up, Francesca, is, is in that 
we are could potentially be a bolt on for a lot of other companies that are like, oh, I can get sales and marketing real quick. Mm-hmm. I don't have to hire and identify. Oh, yeah, that's great. So I, I mean, I get how it is. And, we, and from us, we're like, oh, that gives us access to this. And so what it's allowing both companies to do is expand your reach right. and in terms of the scope of what you do, the audience you can potentially serve. The impact is usually because more revenue potential. So there's a lot of reasons why we've engaged with people to say, well, this might be a good idea. Let's check it out. Let's, let's have some conversations and walk down the path a few steps and see what it looks like. Yeah, and especially because when we have those conversations, we're not talking about overhauling our business to work with somebody else. Right. Like you said, that bolt-on means that we get to continue to do what we do well, mm-hmm. and then we just partner with somebody else who is doing what they do well. I think that's that's a big part of that kind of green flag, is that you have to make sure that you're staying in your lane, that you're not um, making this commitment to change for someone. You know, you want to find somebody that loves you as you are, kind of yeah. a thing. You know, here's, this occurred to me when you were talking is, and we started off by saying, wow, we haven't really seen this in traditional business very much in partnership conversation. But if you think about why a lot of people want to partner, it's because other people have a, more t- a different set of talent or a different set of people and skill that we don't have. So it's a lot of small business in cannabis. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that we're like, oh, well, we, we don't have this expertise or that expertise because everybody's kind of just getting started. I mean, we're, 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 we're a middle-aged person in this industry compared to some people. And so, and we're still relatively small in the grand scheme. So I think a, a part of that partnership which drives people to explore it is because it does immediately give them access to more talent, more skill set, you know, uh, and so they don't have to go and try to reinvent the wheel with these different aspects. Yeah, absolutely. So is, you know, all right. We're past the initial conversation, Francesca. Uh, a partnership in this industry has been proposed. Um, you're looking at that other entity, trying to size them up. How can you tell if they're legit? Because we've, we've done episodes about this before, you know, about the, the can of carnival and, and things like that. And <laughs> appearances aren't always, you know, the reality. So this is a tough, tough proposition. It is. And the vetting process is imperfect because it requires vulnerability and trust um, and and risk. And it's inherent when you're proposing this kind of a relationship in a business for the first time. You're not you're not talking to somebody that you usually you're not talking about somebody that you've known for 20 years because in cannabis, you know, like you said, we're all kind of relatively new. So it's like, I think I can trust you. I think I can trust you. And so there are certain things that we look at is our, our must haves or that we have to check and but how we check them is imperfect. But one of the first things is, are you committed to the the same, are you aligned in quality of what you deliver? Because if we are delivering A-level services and we are looking for growth in an A-level world, then we need our partner to be like that as well and not be a generic person that's doing anything uh, quickly, slapdash. Um, They want to make sure that maybe their priority is speed to the market. And ours is quality. That's a misalignment. Yeah. You know, so maybe theirs is um, to is not growth oriented and ours is. That's a misalignment. So it, it really is about making sure that in terms of quality, if, uh, if we are selling a product, that we can actually sell it because it has the things that we're looking for in it in terms of quality, a good brand story, good packaging, good whatever. Um, you know, they have to know who they are and we have to know who we are. We can do the best sales job in the world. But if the 
product shows up and it's low quality, that sales job is all for naught. Right. You would never probably you lose that sale and you're going to lose the possibility of any future sales. Well, so yep. quality is huge. I'm glad you brought that up first. Yeah. No, big time. That's why people tune in. I didn't even think it went right to it though. Everyone viewing this the same way versus we all know people that, that kind of put notches on their belt because of how much they can crank out. Yes. You mm-hmm. know? Um, so that, that's really, really interesting. That's and it's hard to do because a lot of people come to the cannabis space from other businesses and they'll say, well, I've been really successful in X, Y, and Z. And so therefore you can trust me to be successful in cannabis. And that is usually a kind of, we're in some dangerous territory there because it's possible that that's true. But the assumption that one equals one there yep. is is really no a guarantee. misalignment. There, yeah. The fact that you, yeah, you can't go in to cannabis industry with the same assumptions, with the same tactics, with the same um, vision as you go into a traditional markets. So when you get somebody from a traditional market that doesn't understand the cannabis market, that's going to be a, a disconnect in a partnership. And so we have to make sure that when we're partnering with people in cannabis space, they are fully committed to the cannabis space, that they are really a part of this, they understand it and the speed that it works at and the values it has and the challenges that you face in it. So you have to make sure that you're both on the same page uh, about working in cannabis. These are all really good. If we're going quality, we got to view that the right way. We have to respect the cannabis space. Uh, certainly that we know that success in one field doesn't, you know, automatically guarantee you're going to be successful here. These are good kind of green flags, I guess. Mike, are there any others that, that speak to you when you say, yep? Well, yeah, I wanted to build on one of the, the friend, last one Francesca said is is making, when you talk about being aligned, and also making sure that this is a full, our full-time job. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure it's your full-time job and not a side hustle because Oish. that's a yeah. huge disconnect. And so making sure that you have that alignment in terms of commitment to the vision is another one that upfront, you've got to get that figured out. Yeah. And, and the way we accomplish that, you take the time to go to their facility. Yep. You invite them to come to your facility. You, you know, if they're operating out of a WeWork, not the end of the world. That's fine. You know, lots of people do that. Um, but if you go to see their farm and it's not really a farm. They've <laughs> grown nothing. They yeah. just have their space. So there's a lot. Make, and it's, it's expensive to do. So, sure. Um, and it takes time. And But... It's, it's a necessary part of it. If it you're really it'll cost gonna, you a lot more uh, in the long run if you yeah. don't do that. And let's face it. We can go travel anywhere. Anybody in the audience can find another reason to make a trip, a two-stop, three-stop trip. And even so you're not just seeing that person. You're going to see two or three other potential people or network or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. so there's, there's ways to make the most of travel for sure. That's yeah. a really, really good one too. And you, th- you talk about <laughs> does this person who runs the farm, owns the farm, have a number one who's taking care of operations every day. Can I meet that number one? Can I go through all these? These are good. These are yeah. really good as far as, uh, I'm, I'm interested as far as what those green lights are um, in this business. And then even once you have found that, okay, you vetted somebody, they seem to be the good person, they understand the cannabis space, they are committed to quality, it's not their side hustle, we're all on the same page with that. After that, it becomes... Are you, are you able to do more together or are you just 
continuing to do the same thing that you would be able to do individually. You have to grow together. You have to be able to. Yes, exactly. Because if I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and then splitting the money or splitting the whatever, then why go through all of that work? You have to make sure that there's actual, um, I guess, a multiplier in your forces working together and partnering together. Yeah, and I, and I think that's something early on you have to, everybody's got to be comfortable with is that because everybody can continue to do it by themselves or you, you know, partner potentially. So that partnership does need to have that. And so it's got to be very clear up front why this is good for both parties. Um, you know, and it's never a 50, it's not the same good. Somebody that's usually right. better, yeah. a little bit better, but as long as everybody's comfortable with the benefit they're getting for what they're putting into it, and that's clear and communicated and, and all those expectations are um, agreed upon, then it's, it's, a, it's a solid thing. That it, but getting to that point where you have all that communication to where it boils down to everybody's understanding and knowledgeable and agrees with, that's a lot of time. A, yeah. lot, of, a lot of conversation, a lot of um, uh, very forward, blunt. Like you have to get it out on the table. You can't be meek about asking the hard questions of sure. each other. And it's not comfortable. Honestly, mm-hmm. people are going to ask you questions. You don't really want to tell people you don't know that well. Mm-hmm. And so, like, but for it to really work, if you can have those conversations in a good way, in a constructive way, big great green flag. Yeah. Because that means you've got a really strong foundation of people that have strong communication amongst each other yeah. about topics that potentially are uncomfortable. That's, a, that's a, a really good thing if you can have those talks. You know what's funny, Mike? Something you said caught my attention because it definitely is something that we consider when we're talking about partnerships is that you said not everybody has to be – it doesn't have to be a 50-50 win. Not everybody's winning the same kind of good or Never getting is. the same kind of better. What, what we've seen is that in partnerships and the ones that, that make sense that work, there's definitely some maybe short-term gains for one party and what you're really looking at is the long-term gains because it's like, okay, so we'll have to have this much skin in the game, but the payoff down the road, if this works out, is going to be so worth it. And maybe there, somebody else's gain is short-term, you know, without having, like, you have to balance it out. You know, you have to look at the the short and long. And how long that goes on for. There's something really cool about, I know you guys were just giving me answers, right? It's so interesting, though, if we were to list them or bullet point these. So if you're playing along at home, uh, look at how many of those things are so interconnected. Because I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, yeah, wait, because the dude who's in it as a side hustle isn't respecting the cannabis space. So one is related to here that can relate to something else. Guarantee that, you know, it's interesting. He's a whole new character. The side hustle guy is probably the guy that wants to, it just loves to say he has money or investment in cannabis. Really isn't bringing anything else to the table in the partnership. Yep. I love it. I love it. All right, you're playing along at home. We just got some good stuff as far (laughs) as green flags are concerned. But I think what we're more interested in, based on your experiences, guys, look, we just heard some good things about, yeah, if this happens, we can go. If this happens, we can go. Mike, automatic red flags in the cannabis space you see something you notice something something. you hear something (laughs) and this the red flags right up yeah we have a few in preparation for this francesca and i just basically sat down and said what personal experiences do we have in cannabis that we can use for this part? <laughs> and, the, and the list flowed pretty, yeah. pretty but I mean, and it, heartily. You, it, it was amazing <laughs> that you guys made a song about it, and they're going to be performing <laughs> it, guys, right here. Uh, red Flag Roundup, take it away. Uh, I'm going to start on the list Okay. Uh, about halfway down. 
lack of humility. And this is when people think, <laughs> you know, their product is the best product ever. It's the best flower. It's the best vape. It's the best, best grow light. We've heard that from everybody in every state. And it's, no one's, is, it's, it's, it's really an obnoxious statement or it's a yeah. belief. Uh, uh, and so to me, when people start harping on that, that's an immediate red flag where I'm taking notice. Okay. It sells itself. Oh, red flag. Please. Red flag. <laughs> we kind of hear that a lot. It sells itself, but I need help with sales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, sells, it sells itself. Well, why can't you get into the dispensaries in your own town? Oh, they're all stupid. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they're all stupid. Francesca, give me another red flag. Automatic red flag. Okay, so an automatic red flag for me is... I would say, I'm, I'm trying to pick my favorite on this list, and I think it's about personnel. We have, obviously, Mike and I are, I'm, I identify as a woman, Mike identifies as a man, and a lot of times what happens is we'll, we'll be watching how people approach us and who they talk to, who they listen to, who they let talk, and we have people, you know, Frank is the youngest on our team, and so if you're dismissing us because of gender, because of age, because of perceptions that have to do with nothing based on fact and substance, um, then that is a big red flag. So the easiest way to say that is we've had plenty of times where people have been either, um, you know, only talking, directing everything to Mike as though I don't exist, or honestly, the opposite is kind of like, oh, well, well, we don't, well, you know, we don't care if Mike comes, but uh, make sure Francesca shows up. And it's like it's supposed to be this flattering thing that's so Not, creepy and, yeah. and sexist. And so it's, I would say all of that is a big red flag. It seems like a colossal, enormous red flag. It is. And, and that's, and a lot of that is in every business it's, that's not yeah. none of these are related only to cannabis obviously not even related to business that. that just happens <laughs> yeah. in life it, it, you're right i mean but we've certainly seen that one a lot and, and it is it's for us it's if i always look at this and if it's not if they're not gonna if someone's gonna come up and disregard francesca or anybody on the team it's a problem for me mm-hmm. um and it just shows me something about them if they're not respectful for to our team then that's not who we want to do business with that's just a straight up non-alignment Yep. Gotcha. Mike, I'm going to go to you for another one. Yeah, this is going to be my real pet peeve, which is just bad communication practices. <laughs> and so this is not the first time this has been brought up on interviews. But, you know, <laughs> not, like ghosting, if everybody agrees at a time and people ghost or, you know, they don't or they're, you know, 25 minutes late or, you know, that type of stuff to me is just not being respectful of the other party's time. And so if we see that early on in a, in a in conversation or in, in, in an engagement with a client, then that's something that's hard to kind of shake. Right. You know, they have to show up for like a dozen straight meetings probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think poor communication is a big red flag because it can also be that they don't, um, they take a long time to get back to you. Oh, that one that's, too. That's a rough one. It's like we're trying to stay in business and communicate yeah. quickly. I'm glad and you said that. And that is part of bad communication. But hey, all right, let's talk Wednesday. And then yeah. it's 14 days of radio <laughs> Chasing. silence. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, I didn't get the Zoom link. Did you send me the right email? <laughs> all right. Poor, I, that, that is a... That is a and like uh, everybody makes mistakes. Like, And we're all busy. So I, I want to make sure like we're not... This doesn't come off as, like, too hardcore, like, we're perfect or anything. But the idea is, like, yes, you, people can miss calls or be a little late for a call. Mm-hmm. But then 
there's communication around that. You know, there's sure. there's an apology, there's a rescheduling, there's a prioritization, you know. So I think communication doesn't mean that you're perfect. That's not that's not it exactly. It's just that we're respectful, like you said yep. in the beginning. It's a great way to, to summarize it. Okay. All right. I'm going to keep going down the list. We got we got uh, two from Mike. We got to get your second. I definitely think treatment of their team. So in what way? It's a big red flag if we are, because Mike and I are usually talking to owner operators, um, managers, and so if we see them working with their team in a way that is derogatory or condescending or just unprofessional in ways that we would never work with our team, that's a red flag. That's not the kind, it's very similar to like what we were just talking about with um, how they treat me or, you know, anybody else on our team. It's how they treat their team too. So they could be kissing our ass for a short time and it's only a matter of time before we're going to be disrespected and we don't put up with that. So we've got to make sure that we've got a good person that we're working with. Yep, absolutely. Any other ways to judge those good people from the bad people, Mike? You get, uh, give me one more. You see it, you hear it, flag goes up. I think I would call it people's willingness to be open-minded. And, and the, I think a scenario I'd like to kind of lay out here is like, hey, we're going to partner, we're going to work together, but the other party is like, oh, no, no, all my ideas are the best ideas. And this is how I was envisioning doing it. So, you know, if they're not willing to come off of their current thought process, then what do they really want me to do for them anyway? Just do do their work for them? I mean, that's not a partnership. That's that's the opposite. So those are ones. And we've had a bunch oh, of yeah. those where um, it's people that there's some potential, but then they're so close-minded about things and, and not willing to – think about something else it's just it's not worth our time it's not worth their time nobody's going to be happy with that yeah fair very very well uh articulated and then let's get one more from you francesca you got something that's that I really sets you off i do well you know it's an interesting one because it doesn't set me off but it's still a red flag and i think that it's if one member of the partnering team is shielding the rest and so it's the idea that like we can't get to everybody or or they're never to blame there's never acceptance of responsibility or there's never a way to um like connect with them if you're only if you have like any kind of block up from our party to your party it's a red flag Mm -hmm. it's not a partnership yeah 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 it's a controlling person trying to do something Yep. <laughs> is is there ever something from the two of you and, and your, your travels, is there ever something that you maybe witness? Like you say, you're whether you're grabbing a drink or you go out and you're in like a, a meal setting, you ever mm-hmm. see something yeah. and oh, notice about like something? Lots. Yeah, uh, red flag. Well, I mean, there's a the, the, the most obvious one for me is if somebody's rude to servers, hosts, you know, anybody yeah. that, to, to restaurant personnel then that's, that's a big red flag. And that's, I mean, that's something we do when we're, when we're hiring people. Yeah. You know, if somebody's, somebody's close to the finish line, all right, take them out to lunch, see how they act. Do they know how to eat with their mouth closed or are they going to be rude to the waiter? So, you know, it's, it's a totally good, wasted at their you know, interview lunch, <laughs> which definitely has happened. <laughs> but that's one that that's, I think, um, that's one I think I would lean towards. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, Absolutely. Treatment of staff. I was always wondering if you could just size things up and somebody gets their order and it's not what they ordered and they're just like, no, nah, this is fine. I wonder, can you take something from that? 
I definitely What are you think willing you to accept? Yeah, what are you willing to accept? How do you correct mistakes? Are you are you able to be patient? Or yeah. No? yeah, yeah. There's a lot. Can of you be? Really yeah, is. it's it's about manners, but an assertiveness and handling problems. I mean, there's so much when you're talking about social settings and dining out and bars and everything because that tells you everything you need to know about that person and sends up a million red flags if they can't handle themselves. Yeah. And I think you said it earlier, Francesca, like it's those things are different. The person's different than you. We're different than them. Everybody's sizing each other up and different is fine. Mm -hmm. yeah. It helps of course to have a, a broader view of the, of the scope and of the market and everything else. So it's not the difference bad. It's just a difference you have to look at and say, is this going to be a problem for us to work together? Is this so different that I can't get past that or that it's going to inhibit the potential of this endeavor? Yes. That's, that's what you're really kind of gauging. I think. And is this a difference of, and what is this difference? Is it a difference in character, in um, habits or manners or values or, values yeah, or culture or, you know, all of those things? It's like yeah. there's there are things that are, like you said, different but not bad. And then there are things that's like, mm. Different but bad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because think about that. I mean, to really pull off a partnership, it's a very, very time-consuming. Uh -huh. And it's also very expensive because you need to get your lawyers involved. They need to get their lawyers involved to really do it right. And the, so you don't want to take that lightly because the opportunity cost of, of doing it wrong is significant in terms of the amount of wasted time and wasted money. So you know, it's nothing to be rushed into. It is, I mean, time is your ally in this one because you don't want to do it wrong. And so that's, you know, the other red flag that we had is if somebody's too eager to, to do a partnership yes. and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Yeah, let's talk again. And, uh, yeah, and they're trying to fast track it. Pump the brakes. Big Pump time. Don't brakes. let anybody pressure. If they're trying to pressure you, then what is it that they don't want you to know or see That's before you make the decision? Exactly. That's always my question. That's really interesting to bring up, particularly at this stage is uh, of our discussion today, is like rushing to get into this thing. Because I, I, I think that some of our listeners, whether they be kind of curious or industry people, would probably be asking, well, the next thing is, well, do we really need to partner up in this yeah, industry? Right. You know, is it is it really necessary, or can you fly solo? And Mike went right to a point where he said, "Well, if you better have the time and money to put into doing Absolutely. it right." And that, I guess that's point one. How else can we tell? Is, is is the partnership a necessary thing? I think it's about knowing, um, like that. There are alternatives to partnerships. There's there's outsourcing work. There's just hiring. There's referrals. There's all kinds of other relationships to be had in business that can serve the gaps that. Um, you think need to be filled in looking for a partnership. So a partnership is not the, and I mean that in like a legal business sense, like a partnership is not the only option in the industry. You're right. And I think I would add to that by saying that we've seen how flimsy any contracts are in cannabis, especially. So before you spend the money for an expensive cannabis attorney to draw that up, just do an informal agreement. I mean, that's how you get started. Have a, have a handshake agreement that says, here's what we're going to do. Here's what you're going to do. Let's have check-ins to make sure everybody's comfortable with how it's progressing. And if we achieve these things then and we generate money, this is how we'll split the money. Mm -hmm. And because then you're not, you're just doing it. And you can, there's checks and balances all along the way. And if all of a sudden you get your first job and you, and you collect your first check and, hey, fine, you keep the money, send me half. Whatever, and, if, and if that doesn't happen, boom, you're out. Mm -hmm. You're out before you're in too deep. 
Gotcha. And I think that's how I would, for us, I think that's what we've already decided on. It's like, hey, there's ways around this. You, it, it's just a matter of being creative and to come up with a scenario where both parties can walk before you run, and especially before you run with shackles on each other. <laughs> yeah. Because that can happen. Yeah. Now I'm running real goddamn slow, and I'm stuck like right. a three-legged race. God damn it. <laughs> That's perfectly said. I don't have anything to add to that. That's so true. <laughs> That's a perfect way to end up on that one. No, I think you brought us uh, some good points. And I like, especially in that last uh, little part of our, our talk, they're all really easy um, uh, questions to ask yourself. They're yeah. all really, they should be honest reflection that's simple. Um, and I do like you, you brought up some alternative means that people can consider as well. Yeah, act as if you're in a partnership. See if everybody behaves. Yeah. Then go into the partnership. The if hard it works. part is this, though. It's exciting when you find out somebody it wants is. to have a partnership. You're like, all right, all right, we're legit. Uh, it's exciting. It's, it's flattering. True. You feel like you're, yeah. you know, you just won the Super Bowl or something. And right? you want to lock in that accelerated growth that you see. Yeah. yeah. So it's easy to, to walk in and get too excited and go too fast or get in bed with the wrong person. That's so easy to do. But I think what we really having gotten, you know, wasted some time and wasted not much money, but some money. Um, just take your time with it. Ask those questions. Take it one step at a time. Don't rush into it. And if it feels right for everybody, then it will be right for everybody. All right. Take the time. Ask the questions. You guys mind if I ask you a question? <laughs> Please do. I, I can't don't wait. Don't know it's coming. Yeah. I know. Oh, he's no, got we, the note we card. Just have, we All just right, have, it's go. just the note card because we took us through, through partnerships and and whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. So let me ask you uh, about your, uh, your back on the road this year. We're traveling in your partnership uh, with the sales joint. I want to ask you, what is your biggest travel pet peeve, Mike Patterson? What grinds your gears on the road? Francesca might like this of, question. Man, I don't know. I'm going to miss this one. <laughs> you have a, like I feel like you have an answer for me or something. No, I'm just right. so interested. There's to a this. lot that is I, it gonna be <laughs> Mike's something just I do book. or not? No, I no. wonder. Oh, it's not all related. You. My stuff is related either to it's typically related to airports in terms of just you know overselling the thing, things being late, mechanical, people not showing up, especially COVID, COVID travels even more Maybe nonsense. Little, yeah. So I feel like a lot of it is related to the airplane portion of business travel. Okay. Although I recently had a run-in with a rental car issue, but normally for me, it's an airplane rub of some sort. Normally airplane rub. Went right. through a, a delay and a half getting out to Tulsa earlier this year. Oh. Um, okay. Airport. Very, very fair enough. Francesca, travel pet peeve. Okay. I'm going <laughs> to... Kind of weird and specific. <laughs> That's why people listen. I, and I just came from this, it drives me nuts when I end up in a place that is like um, a, a Coke campus exclusive. Oh. So Coca-Cola. I can't, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. Or cocaine or Coca-Cola? <laughs> Coca-Cola. I am a Pepsi girl uh, <laughs> all the way every day um, and I need it. And I can't stand when I go somewhere and it's all Coca-Cola. And it is a lot. Yeah, like if lot. you're in Atlanta. And I was just in Coca-Cola um, sales rep. Disney Must World. Work for the sales joint. <laughs> <laughs> Disney <laughs> World, like, was a Coke campus. I was like, ah, Cherry Coke is my next go-to after Pepsi. So ah. I think when I can't get a simple thing I want that's readily available when I am 
you know, normally out and about, that's a big pet peeve. It's like, I like my options. I like my Pepsi. I want to have right. my preference. I right. like that. I get that's, that. That's true. I've seen you, I've, and I've seen you deal with that. It's, oh, it's not A lot fun. of places are Coke. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I feel like that with, like, I'll get that mood where it's like, it's all Bud products at a bar. I'm like, come on. Let's, yeah. let's, let's even it out a bit. My man keeps everything running. He makes us look good. He makes us sound good. Producer extraordinaire, Frankie Fifth Year. You've been on the road with us. Uh, Frank, what's your biggest pet peeve out on the road? My biggest pet peeve is, it's along the same lines, that's the same place as Mike, it's at the airport. Yeah. It's when we land and we're taxiing to the gate and the seatbelt sign goes off and everybody decides <laughs> to stand up and crowd the aisle and kind of push their way to the front row. Bully. That yeah. grinds my gears so bad yeah. that I, I, have to, I have to, like, not look at the aisle. Like, yeah. where are you going? I understand if you have a connecting flight. That's the only reason. Something's wrong, bathroom, whatever. But that doesn't give you um, the opportunity to cut in front of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Be respectful. Let people get up, especially, you know, children, women, yep. you know, yeah. people who have disabilities. They should get the... You know, the first pass off. And, and so also, when that happens too, Frank, yeah. people are trying to get their overhead yeah. luggage out. And, like and they bump bumping people, people in the head. Yeah, yeah. it is yeah, it's chaos. A nightmare. That's a, that is I've a good one. I've seen some heated, uh, like, confrontations during that part. That's a great one, Frank. Well, you know really what makes is. that even worse I might, is... I might start using that one as my number one. What mm. makes it even worse is, and this would be a pet peeve of mine, is if I'm my overhead space at my seat is taken and I have to get an overhead space way further back. So now I have to go to the back when people are trying to get That's off. That's an anxiety attack. Yeah, it is. Major. Yeah. I, that, that is, is a major that. one. I had to do that last flight and I was uh, pretty stoned. Uh, so it made it even more, it made it even more, um, challenging if you will yeah. uh, but i i have information that said that's not your biggest travel pet peeve it's it says here it's when your coworkers text you to get up and come running with the chain smoking client from spokane <laughs> that was the weirdest text <laughs> i've ever received <laughs> i was thrown like in a world when i'm like there is no way troll so here's I'm just picturing you I guys just, jogging in I 40 love, degree weather i morning. love traveling with frank and every so often i just play around and send stupid texts so yeah so the the story is that they, frank and nick were with a client yeah and nick woke up the next not exactly a physical specimen of a client. no no not a particularly active athletic client at all and yeah. it's the first time that they've been with this client and so there it's not like there's this deep bonding relationship <laughs> or anything and so nick texts frank next morning what did you... 6.15 or so. What did you say to him? I just said, come on, man. We're, we're, we're supposed to be up and running. Or, you know, so-and-so wants to go jogging with us. We're waiting on you. Uh, like, I'm <laughs> waiting on him in an industrial complex in, in what part of Illinois? Like, the, like we were going to be... Yeah, like, we're going to be jogging in Rosemont anyway. It was just... We were just having a laugh. You were having a laugh. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was having a laugh for sure. For sure. Well, this is fun. It's a fun little window into the into what grinds our collective gears as we hit the road because uh, it's been a, a true blessing to be able to take the Infuse show on the road and do this again, and we're having a blast. So, um, and we're we're having a blast as part of uh, Pro Cannabis Media and as part as Pod Connects that network. We're All so right. thrilled to uh, 
be joining you and your your collection of it's programs. It really is. So, and, and thank you to each and every one of you who are listening and giving us ideas about what to talk about. And uh, we hope we're, we're doing you proud. So thank you for listening. Mike, Francesca, thank you for joining me today. Thank, thank you, you, Nick. And thank you, everyone. And please, you, if you don't mind, rate, review, and subscribe to help us get more eyes and ears on our show. We really appreciate it. Um, we need to help spread these messages about good business, normalization, good cannabis for good people. That was good. That was really well done. And yeah, of course, always thanks to Frank. Guys, we appreciate you. We're going to see you next time on the next Infused show from Delahue, Delawat, Delaware. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on PodConX. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at thetalkinghedgepodcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.